Ladies and gentlemen, Yankees Fireside Chat. All right, Yankees Fireside Chat, Season 3, Episode 6, Part 2. Uh, you may have either just heard Thomas Ochi coming up as Rob Carbone. Maybe you just heard him. I'm not sure which way we're going with this. But we're going to break down last, uh, like, 25 years. Who would you pick for your outfield, Yankees outfield? You think about Yankees have had a lot of good outfielders over the time. We're going to, I guess, go with primary position instead of Unless you guys disagree, right field, center field, left field, instead of kind of just taking three outfielders. I feel like that might be a little bit of mayhem, but <laughs> we're going to break it down. We got, I'm in the studio, YFC Studios, here with Poot, Jutes on the line in Tampa. How are we doing with this whole COVID situation? We all hanging I'm, in there? I'm getting cabin fever. I'm tired. I'm starting to watch anime back from when I was in freaking high school. I'm in trouble. Or not high school, younger than that. I don't even know. I'm I'm just going out of my mind. I got nothing else to watch. Even though I'm gonna throw a good prop out. If you do like wrestling, definitely watch the Chris Benoit documentary on YouTube. Great, great, great. But besides that, I'm going crazy. Why are you going crazy, you cock? I just told you you didn't listen to me. No, I, I don't know what to do with my life. I'm tired. I'm, I'm becoming my father. I'm doing yard work around the house. I just pulled out more bushes today and roots. I, I literally had to take a day off from working out yesterday because I pulled out nine roots on, on Saturday, and I was so exhausted. Took a break from working out because of that, but really that is just <laughs> like your dad. Yeah, you know it. And I was like, wow, I'm literally turning into Altoona. Altoona. Guy's, guy's a legend for those of you YFC uh, faithful. Jude, he used to play softball, played softball with us once. Jude yelled at him, but he's a big gardener. The man has the nicest lawn and, you know, upkeep in, on all of uh, Long Island. Yeah, but let's get into these outfits. Well, how are you doing, Poot, before I even get, get going on this? How are you doing with this COVID-19 extravaganza? I'm going crazy. Now you're just making fun of me. I hate it. See what happens when we try to have an actual conversation? <laughs> you can't even have a conversation with him. Listen, Juice, you're a jabroni, okay? You want to beat the poot, and you know that you can't beat the poot. So why don't you just take a seat, Junior, okay? Mm. We're going to have that argument later in this episode, okay? <laughs> All right. Talk about but let's get, but about, let's get started. We're going to talk about Chris Jericho and why he's a cuck now. Oh, God. Let's get started Whoa. on the actual show and stop just bickering and banter all of this. So I, I have to – and actually, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I'm going to put it off for one more time. I have to give credit where credit is due, I guess. Um, Moot did that poll on our Yankee Twitter, and it seems like more people agreed with you, Moot, with Tino Martinez over to Shara. Yeah, I'm telling you, people care about the championships. I mean, Teixeira won that one in 09, but I feel like otherwise, Tino, I feel like he has a special part in the heart of Yankee fans. Yeah, I, I agree with you. know, I, I agree with you. Um, but I still, I don't know. There's something about Mark Teixeira. I don't know. Maybe because I watched him more 
you know, watch them play more rather than. Sorry, Scuntanti, cut it out. Nope. There's Bruce's usual contribution to the episode. You know it, yeah. So I mean, I got you. Got to give credit where credit was due, and people, you know, they obviously like Tina Martinez. Now, my question is though, if my question would be, is out of how many votes of those people, how many people actually watched him play? Now that would be kind of curious to that. Interesting. I mean, that's true. Yankees Twitter is definitely a little younger. There's also a lot of boomers on there. So I guess uh, it'd be interesting. But on to discussions of the outfield. We'll start in right field. It's who would you're building an outfield. Right field, who do you got? Of course, Paul Neal, I know, is a favorite of ours. You got Sheffield, Bobby Abreu. Nick Swisher, Carlos Beltran, and Aaron Judge. If there's anyone else I left off, those are, I feel like, the guys I think of right away the past 25 years. Jude, I think, I mean, I, I think it might be a clean sweep on this one. Who what about Paul O'Neill? You forgot Paul O'Neill. He said that. He was the are first, you, like the first one. Oh. oh, my God. Sorry. Okay. Um, I don't, you know, if you're a new Yankee fan, which I don't know if there's any slang out there with the new Yankee fans are called, but um, you, most people are going to say, oh, it has to be Aaron Judge. No. Um, my, my pick is very clear. It's definitely Paul O'Neill. And, and I would hope that, I mean, think about it. If you watched the teams in, of the 90s and you did any type of research, if you weren't alive then, then you see that this team just grew a light just grew this type of stigmatism to that they never gave up that warrior type of mentality and it definitely strung from paul o'neill i mean was he the best player on the team at the point absolutely not but i'll tell you this definitely 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 was a humongous contribution to all those wins and plus he's he was on seinfeld so you got to give him credit for that (laughs) i didn't know you were a big seinfeld fan not really, but I just remember that episode, that which was kind of funny. Jude is a Paul O'Neill fan, and that is why he watched that episode. That is that is a Judaism. Like any time a wrestler would be in a movie, you'd be like, "Oh, I got to see that movie." It's true. It's true. I agree, but I mean, Paul O'Neill is my pick. If I had to pick my, I mean, there are so many good. Cho- I mean, good choices here. Like the debate between Sheffield and Abreu, like, eh, you know, both solid players, Sheffield. I'm going to actually rank Aaron Judge low on that list because he still hasn't proven to me that he's capable of staying healthy. Wow. So then I will say this. I mean, you look at the Yankees right fielders, I think that, and we'll get to left field in a little bit. I was surprised that, like, Yankees kind of, they've had solid guys, but not so many big names. But right field, I think, you know, kind of you said it. Those guys... Beltron's a borderline Hall of Famer. Sheffield is too. Abreu's very underrated. Swisher won a championship. And Aaron Judge, I think, he was actually the guy I was going to put up against, Paul O'Neill. I'm going to say my pick is Paul O'Neill just for the championships. And I love the way he was a grinder. You know, they called him the warrior. I feel like he was just such a fan favorite. I don't get, if anyone, you know what, if anyone's listening says they don't like Paul O'Neill, I'll fight you. I'll fight you. You have to get tested to make sure you don't have the coronavirus, but I will fight you if you don't like him. Paul O'Neill, I watched him a YFC exclusive last year. He denied a kid an autograph, and I still like him. I don't care. He could have spit in that kid's face. I don't care. I like Paul O'Neill. Paul O'Neill is one of my favorite. Just just a championship. I think that's the way, you know, he was a champion-type guy. So I picked Paul O'Neill, but I was going to say Judge was after. I think he'd nope. be my second uh, Really? But yeah. really, I don't know. 
Like you, you don't. I don't know that. I, I can't give. I cannot give Aaron Judge my number two right fielder spot because of two years of playing. I just can't do it. You want to know something? It's go ahead, Moot. Here's Moot. I mean, Poot. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say. Here's the fucked up thing. Look at how many years Paul O'Neill played on the Yankees. And that wasn't his first stop. That was his second stop. Look at how many games he played in those seasons. He only had one season where he didn't play over 120 games. Crazy. And, and even later, towards the, the tail end of his career, he was still putting up 100 RBI seasons. Okay, and this is before the juice ball. And he, he retired at like 37, I think, or 38. He wasn't... You know, super old. I think he would have had one or two more yeah. years. Yeah, like, and I mean, look at that. I think he stole twenty bases his last year, which I think was a very underrated part 22. of his game. Twenty-two. Yeah, like at thirty-eight years old, that's impressive. I mean, I think O'Neill. I want to say he gets overlooked because Yankee fans do definitely appreciate him. You know, I think it's going to go into my next part, but it's like you almost forget just how good of an all-around player he was. And before we get off right field. Jude, you mentioned it to me. Yankee fans debated. Hold on. Yeah. Give it to give tell me what I want to hear. Tell me what I want to hear. You know what I want to hear. Tell it to me now. Tell the it to Yankees me. The Yankees should retire number 21. Thank you. You up. knew it. You knew it. You just knew what I wanted to hear. I love it. And here's a boot fact. First baseball card I ever purchased. Paul O'Neill. At Pergament in the basement. But let's now that's classic. That is <laughs> fucking classic. Okay. That's a classic. Okay. But let's be real. They cannot issue that. They tried. Latroy Hawkins, Morgan Ensberg, then they, then Todd. Thank God they didn't give it to Todd Frazier. They try. No <laughs> one just retire the number. To retire, they. I mean, is Posada's retired? Yeah. So then, what's the reason? No one will wear twenty one again. I'm telling you, no one will wear it again. I think it should be. I mentioned on Twitter one day. I think either you give it to, if you don't retire, you have to give it to like whoever the next Glaber Torres is or, you know, judge like someone that you think, and even it doesn't have to necessarily be like a superstar, but someone who would like embody almost like the Paul but O'Neill. Why? Spirit. But how you can't, you can't say that. Cause what happens if you gave it to Severino and the guy just like fails, you know what I mean? Like you just can't yeah. do that. Just retire the dang number, man. Get it? Just, just forget it. No one will be twenty-one. That's it. Honestly, they should. Instead, you know, they haven't. It's, it's weird because like they gave it to those guys. It hasn't been in circulation since. I mean, at this point, just retire it. Now, I have a quick question before we get off right field. Quick, what's your first, What does your gut say, Moot? Abreu or Sheffield? If you want a team to win the World Series, go. That is so tough. You know what? Sheffield, I like better. Cooler stance. I think was a better player. I don't know. Abreu, Abreu was a guy that I think was underlooked. To oh, my a lot God. Of walk. Yes. Yes. He, he was, I feel, really underlooked. He hit three in those lineups. And I think he didn't get enough love because he didn't hit a lot of home runs. He no, was a guy who still drove in 100 RBIs, hit 300 on base percent out of this world. I, I don't know. They're just so – like, that's such a great discussion. Like, Sheffield hit home runs. He was the cooler guy. And But Abreu just – if I had – it would be tough. But if I had to make the decision, I would have to go with Bobby Abreu. The guy just – I love him being on base. You know, a lot of times right in front of A-Rod. I mean, it just made 
I don't know. It was a tough. It's that was a tough. But I would have to say, if I was to rank my top three right fielders, I'd have to say it would be. And you're, you may disagree, but it would be as of right now: O'Neill, Abreu, Aaron Judge, Sheffield. Yeah, I would. I'd probably go O'Neill, Judge. That's tough. Probably Abreu, Sheffield, then Swisher, Ichiro's in there. Probably Beltron. Forgot that Raul Mondesi was also <laughs> Raul Mondesi. Random. Yeah, very random. Pood, I assume you you did say that you'd go with O'Neill since it was your first card. Sorry, of I almost course. forgot that. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Of course. No, sorry. Go ahead. All right, All right let's move, move to center. Center field. Oof, I feel like oof, you got, got some options. You got Bernie Williams. That's a classic one. You had Johnny Dame in there for a little bit. I don't know if you want to put him more as a left fielder, but they signed him as a center fielder. Melky Cabrera, Curtis Granderson, Jacoby Ellsbury, uh, Aaron Hicks. Gardner, I'm going to say, is a more of a left fielder, but I think that's your kind of your bulk right there. This is so easy. It's like, easy. Man. It's no like you, don't, you want to make this you want to make this harder for yourself, but it's really not when you look at it. Like there's no answer besides Bernie Williams here. We're not. I mean, yeah. I mean, not gonna get to real debates till pitching, but yeah. No, I mean, and I wouldn't count. I, I wouldn't count Damon as a center field. I mean, you can, but he really played left. Um, but I'm just saying, like, I really, I truly think it's Bernie Williams. You know, the heart, not necessarily one of the core four type of players, but once again, like that Paul O'Neill type of player of the cornerstone of those Yankee '90s teams. Bernie should have been in that core. Yeah, that it's kind of messed up. Kind of messed up there. You know, they call it the core four. They kind of leave him out of it. But I feel like Bernie, Bernie's just that type of guy. Like, I think that's the thing. You look at all those 90s teams, they were all just so likable. You know, like the guys, like even if you were a Yankee hater, A-Rod totally get it, you know, later on. But like those 90 teams, I think you had to respect them at least. Bernie Williams, I felt, you know, kind of an unsung hero, kind of went under the radar. You look at his prime, you know, from really from like 95 to 2001, Bernie Williams was a great player. You know, that was those championship years. Bernie was right there every time. I think, you know, if you say Jacoby Ellsbury, I also <laughs> might fight you, but Bernie is the guy. And Bernie I, I, played. Bernie didn't get hurt. You know, it, it was interesting because it was one of my grandpas. It's one of the only like my grandpa watched a lot of baseball and I never really like spoken to him about it, but for some reason he really liked Bernie Williams. It's kind of sad that they don't um, give him more credit in the core four. Cause he was there the whole time. He was there the whole time. So I think why he, was a, he contributed more than Posada. Honestly. I mean, and, I mean, 500 uh, RBI seasons. It's, 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 it's crazy. And it's sad that, you know, and he still doesn't cause you ask any, like, I guarantee you, if you, you ask any, like, you know, skanky about Bernie Williams. They're not going to know, you know. And if you want to know what a skanky is, I'll tell you later. But I was uh, just about to ask. <laughs> you, no, uh, you have to tell us. What is it, you? I don't know. There are these, these, these new Yankee fans that think they Fugazi know everything. These Fugazi, yeah, the Fugazi ones. And then you got, it's just, it, I don't know. People just don't give credit where, like, credit is due. Like, yeah, don't get me wrong. The core four, Jita and, and Rivera and Posada and this. and then, But what about O'Neill and Williams and Tino? And I, I mean, I could go on and on. You know what I mean? El Duque. 
Like, these are guys that were big parts of the team. David Cohn, David Wells. I mean, they were they there all four years? No, but cornerstones nonetheless of this Yankee team. Oh, yeah. I do think that they get, you know, you see a lot of fans who give them that respect. I think sometimes maybe overly because of the fact that they were overlooked by Jeter and stuff. But, you know, the Yankees do a good job. I will say they do definitely promote those 90 championships a lot. But it does seem like, you know, it's Rivera and Jeter kind of at the forefront of it. Interesting in the fact that who would you put as your number two for center field? I think Melky is a, a personal favorite, but he's really not a great player. Curtis Granderson, he's another one I feel like, I don't know, I feel like he almost got overlooked because everyone freaked out about his strikeouts. You know, he was like the original guy who struck out 200 times. You know, now we see it all the time on the Yankees and around baseball. But guy hit 40 home runs. I think Granderson's just a good guy. Like you see, he does so much charitable work. I think he might be my second guy. So overlooked, isn't it crazy? Yeah. The guy hit 40 home runs. He was a part of that 2010s of, like, you know, terribleness for the Yankees, you know? So he was part of that 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 group of teams that were just not good. But people overlook Granderson. I honestly, I probably would have to say Gardner because of his service time and he's playing forever yeah. too in center field. But, I mean, besides those two, I can never give it to Aaron Hicks. Uh, you know, forget about Aaron Hicks. The guy's always hurt. But, um, you know, it's interesting for number two. But, yeah, I would say between Granderson and Gardner for sure. Left field gets really interesting. So just based on war, I'm just going to do it on that because it's easy to sort with. You're just pulling up war? No, no, no. So for left field, though, look at how many different guys – so you, we talk about right field. Right field was pretty elite for the Yankees. You know, I didn't. We didn't even talk about Ichiro, who was on the decline. But like Ichiro is one of the greatest players of our generation. Didn't even get mentioned in right field. Left field, kind of like you have the haves and have-nots. So <laughs> you have Matsui and Gardner and Damon, who I think would probably be top three. That's who we're going to nominate. But you have guys like Tim Raines, Chad Curtis. Rondell White, Chuck Knobloch, Raul Abanez, Vernon Wells, Mike Talkman. Like, they have a ton of randos in there. Yeah, but, yeah, I agree. But, you know, I said kind of your big three, I think, Matsui, Gardner, Damon. What do you say, Jude? Ah, uh, yeah, that's that's easy. Um, now, to pick between them, that would be an interesting debate. But left field seems like to be, like, the wasteland of the outfielders. That's where you go when you don't have a good arm. You're primarily yep. there for your bat, your bat, because your outfield skills suck. You're not good enough to be a, a true DH, so you just end up in left field. I.e., Miguel Andujar this year, or supposedly this year. Yeah, you're supposed to. <laughs> well, will we ever find out? I don't know. I mean, this is definitely hurting his prospects of playing left field. But uh, I'm gonna go with you. I think it's Matsui. Matsui's probably, in my opinion, I think. He's the best left fielder of that group. It's tough because I think Gardner maybe – It's I don't know. I feel like number two, it's like either Gardner or Damon. Damon, I think if it's for one year in his prime, I take. If it's for like five years, it's Gardner. I don't know. Damon just had so many clutch hits. Very oh, overlooked. Yeah. We got we to gotta do the most clutch Yankees. That would be one another yeah, show down the road. That might be one. But can I ask you a question? I think we're kind of forgetting about like – 
some give me's, I guess. Like, obviously, I'm not going to say, you know, Joe DiMaggio and Mickey Mantle and all those. Those are just iconic players. Like, I, I, I was kind of thinking about, like, we kind of left out a whole well, five decades of baseball. But yeah, for the fans at home, obviously, you know, the listeners, I kind of kept it to last 25 years since the yes. start of, yes. you know, in the 90s. We don't we never saw those guys play. So it's kind of tough. And I can't we can't really talk about them either. Like, I wouldn't know where to start with Joe DiMaggio. And honestly, if I watched a baseball game from those times, I don't think I'd probably watch it either. It's probably kind of boring. But that's just my own personal bias. Sorry to all those, you know, dinosaurs that are listening to us. Apologize. Poot, I know that you're very hungry and you want carbs. Do you like to weigh in on left field? Oh, I know Matsui. I mean, I think you have to. Like, Matsui was brought over from Japan and, like, not even, like, the – like, kind of is, like, his, like, end of his prime, you know? And this guy, I mean, hit the Grand Slam the first game that he came to the Yankee Stadium. He always kept cool. Dude. He was one of those guys who didn't matter the situation. You can count on him. I bet you if you said, like, who would you want up in a tough situation back and then it was, like, Jeter, Matsui, Damon. Like that; those were the names. Like the, yeah, I, yeah. But and that's why I get so upset that he doesn't get so much. Like, like he just doesn't get the the note. The I love, guess, yeah, the love because the guy was great. I mean, these people don't realize, like, you know, those games against the Phillies. That series against the Phillies was not an easy series. You know, don't get. I mean, that one game on Halloween where we won in Philly was big. And oh yeah, game three, and then. There were, you know, there were games where he homered out in Philly as a DH. You know, don't forget about that. I mean, this guy was a, a professional hitter. Yeah, he was. He was perfect, and I feel like I can remember that I bought a Hideki Matsui shirt, dude. You'll you'll appreciate this at AJ Wright. Wow. Yeah. All Classic. the cheap shit. Yeah, exactly. I remember buying a Matsui shirt. Only recently I got rid of it because it kind of just had a hole in it. I feel like, dude, I remember. We went to Yankee Stadium. My parents took us, and you bought a Matsui shirt as well, like your first time. Because going. he was classic. He was from 03 to 2009, which six, I mean, that's really, that wasn't what it was, right? 03 to yeah. 2009. But when you really think about it, just because of how much of the, like how much he did, it seemed like he's been on the team for much longer, you know? So. Yeah. I feel like you almost like, and I felt like I was upset when they got rid of him. Yeah, because you know he could have still played. You know, yeah. he went to, you know, he went to all these other teams. He went to Los Angeles, went to Tampa Bay and Oakland. You know, he looked weird in other uniforms. Didn't look right. I tend to agree with you, but it's mad. For me, my rankings of left fielders have to be. I mean, we even left off Daryl Strawberry, didn't we? Yeah. Strawberry was left off. Yeah, but I never, like I said, I'm not a big, like, I never really watched Daryl Strawberry. He did a lot but, of cocaine. That's all you need to know. He was sniffing the white line running to first. Yeah, but on another, I would say Matsui, Damon, and then, I mean, I guess after that, I would, you'd have to go with Gardner. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Left field's been like a dumping ground. Yeah, I feel like you got the big three there, and then after that, it's just kind of a dump. Is Poot really waiting for his carbs? Of course I'm waiting. I need carbs. What what are you eating tonight? What are you eating tonight? What am I eating tonight? I'm eating Chris Jericho sucks big ass. 
Okay, I don't want to have this argument with you because you... How about that, Jude? That's not true. A little bit of the bubbly. He's lame. No, he's not. Horrible gimmick. No, he's not. It's himself. It's Chris Jericho. There's no gimmick. That's just him. A little bit of the bubbly. He's horrible. Alright, I'm not getting off track with him, Mook, because he'll just throw me down a rabbit hole. Yeah, because he's not Y2J anymore. He's Y2 lame. By the way, if... This is one of uh, Jude's COVID-19 uh, things to do. If you have nothing to do, go watch some old school wrestling from like 19, like early 2000s, late to 1999. WrestleMania 17, 18, 19. Great wrestling matches, man. I watched a Benoit-Kurt Angle match, which was phenomenal from back then. I'm trying, I honestly don't even remember. Was it like hardcore match or anything? No. No Just mercy? WrestleMania 17. Oh. Angle, and then, I mean, then yeah, I watched the Mankind, uh, no, Cactus Jack Triple H match from Royal Rumble 2000. My God, like, it was phenomenal. Just the storytelling and all that was just great. I mean, the amount of stuff that they did to each other is ridiculous. Now, nowadays, wrestling matches last 10 minutes, but back then it was like 25, 30 minutes long. Those are the best. That's the thing. Nowadays, I feel like I tried to watch some of those wrestling matches. They just went, they were just too long. Garbage. Honestly, watch the old shit. Way better. Way better. But um, I'm excited. You heard from um, two, two new Yankee, uh, new, um, YF, oh my God, I don't even know our name. I'm sorry. I'm going nuts. Okay. YFC personnel, personalities now. Not really, because Carbone kind of has his own show, but he's always welcome to come back. We got Thomas Ochi. Can't wait. We heard from Mikey earlier this season. We're looking to get Devil and Jen back on. Uh, next week. Devil and Jen's next week. Great. Fantastic news. Nav Hazard. Little are you going to Are you gonna debate uh, the Devil? For what? There's nothing to debate. I always win. You're going to go stat for stat, you know, task for task, call him an old cookie. Is that happening? I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. I, I think we needed this episode needs to be a little bit more positive with the things that are going on nowadays. You know, I don't want to just be all, you know, slinging and mudslinging at him. Here come here comes biblical Jew, old tabernacle and cape. You know, I got that question right on um, the guacamole and the whatever it was called, the apples, the apples. What did they call the uh, the priest prior to? <laughs> what did they call the pope prior to this century? And Jute got it. He did. <laughs> <laughs> no one else got it but Jute. What they used to call him? Cup? P- pious. Poot's hungry. Jute's going to start going on a religious rant. We can't get into that. Let's wrap it up. We kind of went over our outfield for you know the Yankees the last 25 years. Big shout out to Carbone. Shout out to Ochi. Uh, you know, shout out to everyone on YFC. Stay safe. Be good. If you have any good carb recommendations, and like I said, good. Don't give us bullshit. Me fucking Moon, you can't carbs. even talk about that. Poot eats fucking Arby's, so you can't even say that. How dare you? Arby's is a thousand times, if not more, better than Y2 Jericho. Okay, how about or that? Olive Garden. Yeah, you're an Olive Garden fan. Dude, please. Olive Garden is way better than fucking Arby's. Don't even get me started. You want to know why they always do those buy one, get one meals? Why? Why? Because they have such a hard time giving away their food, Jute. All right, you know Mo- what? Mo- Mo- tell one, me one thing. Mo- you you'd one. be the tiebreaker. Who, who, where would you rather eat? 
Arby's or Olive Garden? And don't fucking lie. Don't just take food. He's not gonna because... lie. He just fucking made an enemy, Juke. Here we go. Yeah. So first of all, I'm gonna let the people of YFC. There's a poll coming, but you know what? Olive Garden doesn't have jalapeno poppers. I gotta go with Arby's. Oh my God! You're ridiculous. You are ridiculous. You know what? You're almost as annoying as Bill with his handlebar mustache. By the way, happy birthday, Boot! Today, if you didn't wish him happy birthday, wish it already did. Yeah, gay Bill, horrible person. Did... <laughs> Dirty Schmetz fan. Yeah, he just got a stupid haircut today. I need a haircut. I look like a fucking wildebeest. You are a wildebeest. Yeah, On that it. note, so long from YFC. Alrighty, Yankees fireside chat here. We got Rob Carbone this week. Big interview coming up. You guys might know him already. If you don't, you should follow him on Twitter. He's got his own network, basically, BD4. Uh, he's into the Yankees. He's into the Knicks. He's a blogger. He's a podcaster. He's a realistic fan. Uh, you know, he, he really owns that solo podcast segment. He does it most of the time by himself. He'll, he'll bring in some people the way we do. But really talented, lots of content. Uh, thanks for coming in, Rob Carbone. Yeah, man, for sure. Thanks for having me on. Um, I know I've been trying to get on the show for a while. Big listener to you guys. Um, I love it. I think you guys, you shoot it straight, man. And I respect that. Well, well, well thank, thank you. you. Thank you. All right, I want to ask you about your most recent interview. It's fresh. There's not a lot going on right now in quarantine. And you know how to keep things interesting. You interviewed Mikey V, a.k.a. Sweet Calm Mikey, a.k.a. Don't, hey, don't Give a Fuck, fuck. Cocksucker, Cocksmoker, whatever he has to say. Cocksmoker. Cocksmoker, right? It's not Cox. <laughs> it's Cocksmoker. Oh, right? he's I a big Cocksmoker. Yeah, everybody, yeah, everybody knows, knows, him. knows him. Funny guy. guy. Tell us how that went. Dude, that was fucking hilarious because, I lo- first of all, I love getting, you know, just different insight from Yankees fans all around the East Coast and whatever but I, i've been trying to get this guy on and i know he messaged me a couple times but <laughs> i love it because he's just this hardcore you know your typical uh boomer yankees fan you know where nothing is good enough and i thought <laughs> it's hilarious i thought he was great um he's got that same kind of mentality that i do really where i just want to see this fucking team win and i love that he brought that and he was just how oh, he was perfect it was hilarious i listened to some of that He's really witty. He's funny. He tells yeah. it how it is. So I, I feel like you guys have that in common. And uh, did you guys talk Gary Sanchez? That's like his boy. He has more <laughs> that, when I say that. That was uh, that was something else. We talked for a little bit on on pretty much everybody. Yeah. So so Rob, one thing I really want to ask you. You kind of mentioned him. He tells it the way it is. Um, so one thing we kind of talked about on this podcast at one point was. The 2010s, was it a bad decade for the Yankees? And one thing I love about you is, like, kind of, you know, as Pood echoed, like, I feel like there's a lot of people on Yankees Twitter, they're very pro-Homer Yankees. But I like that you tell it the way it is. I would say this, you know, today I was watching 2017 Game 4, just that eighth inning, that rally. And I was kind of thinking, I was like, it's kind of sad. This is, like, really the best moment to me of, like, the 2010s. 
But I don't know. Do you consider like that decade a failure? Because I'd like to hear your opinion on that. Absolutely, it's a failure. Um, you know, it's listen. The way it is in the Bronx is if you don't have a World Series championship, it's not successful. And um, and I agree. I mean, it's listen, man. The most most of our uh, Twitter is Twitter is a it's like a platform where a lot of the fans are gonna, you know, be within the fifteen to twenty something years old range. So a lot of them really don't know what it's like growing up to be having that, you know, the 90s dynasty. They weren't born. Oh, yeah. So it's, and like, you know, me, me too. I'm, I mean, I was I was born in 95, so I barely got to, wit- to witness that. And so I'm hungry, man. Ten years in a row without a ring, it sucks. I, I can barely remember what 09 was like. Um, So, you know, at this point, we're all just getting hungry for it. And it sucks that two, 2017 has to be the year we look at. Because we didn't even go all the way that year, and um, we 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 get we've been getting close, but we're just lacking that extra step, I guess. And I, I kind of appreciate the fact you said that you know you you were born ninety five, so you are a little bit younger, five years younger than most of us. Like I I can remember at least like ninety eight. I was eight years old for like don't remember cheering every game, but I can like remember at least you know from my dad and uncles and people who are fans. But I feel like that's the thing. Like a lot of the younger fans, almost I feel like the bar for like Yankee standard has been so low because outside of 2009, like there have been a lot of, you know, postseason failures. And I feel like a lot of Yankee fans will be like, Oh, you know, you can't blame them and not right. I, I appreciate that you keep a real, like, you know, you're very much like that old school Yankee fan. You want a championship. You won't take anything less. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, I just feel like that's the way it should always be. Um, And it gets tiring. You know, I try to take a break from like listening to, from reading on Twitter because it just gets tiring. Yeah. They're just so Homer. And it's like, really just take a step back and look at what you're saying. Just think about this team. They're not winning championships right now. When they can win a championship, I will talk high on them until then. I'm going to criticize them as much as I can. I love it. That's very jute rod of, uh, you know, our third member there in Tampa. That's very, very similar to him. Dude, do you have anything to say over there? Oh, yes. I'm sorry. I apologize. I, I ran away for a minute. Dude, I have the same point of view of you about the 2010s. I only remember mm-hmm. going to the games with Moot and having watching Cliff Lee kill us and then every other series losing to the Detroit, Detroit Tigers, especially in the beginning of the 2010s. Um, those were killer years. I, I just couldn't, I couldn't take it. Just sort of like we'd get there and just fall flat. Get there, fall flat. I mean, it was, it's just terrible. Yeah, it's, I don't know, man, hopefully we can get back to that level. I just think this current core, they have talent, but I don't think it's just, and I mentioned this a couple times on my shows, but it's not always about just stacking talent on top of talent. It's more to me about fit, and do they have the best fit? Oh, yeah, I mean, look at those 90s teams. I think, you know, really outside of, yeah, they had Hall of Fame, you know, guys in Jeter and Rivera. But, like, otherwise, there's a lot of, you know, those role players, the Scott Brocious, you know, the fact that Viscaino has a big hit in the 2000 World Series. They kind of like those oddballs like that. You know, sometimes it always just isn't the ton of talent. It's kind of like what gels together, those role players. Right. So what, uh, I guess, you know, you said you're a little bit younger than us. Who's your favorite Yankee of all time? Uh, all time. All right. Can I do like one position player and one pitcher? Yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll let's do it. Yeah. Well, all right. Um, 
There are no rules boring. on IFC. I don't want to be boring and just say Jeter like everybody else. So I'm going to pick somebody. Let's say Bernie Williams and Andy Pettit. Can't go wrong with either one of them. No. I think Pettit would be my favorite pitcher too. I just I love that competitive drive. Yeah, I really hated seeing him leave New York. That was upsetting. Yeah. He uh I, no, I would ahead. say that that was the worst move, you know, of the 2000s was letting him leave. Yeah, I mean, he was just I just loved the guy cuz he was so just the definition of a winner. You know, he didn't really have to be dominant. He wasn't the most dominant. Wasn't going to rack up the Cy Young awards, but he did his job every postseason, and that was just the epitome of his career. He was a winner, and he one of the better postseason pitchers in Yankee history, at the very least. I hate, really hate making this comparison, but he kind of had like that Tom Brady-ness, you know, the passion. When he when big moments, you'd see it on his face, let out that big expression, you know? Big right. strikeout, you're seeing it. Right. Yep. For the record, I hate Tom Brady, but... <laughs> are you with. a yeah or what uh are you a bad uh i know you're a basketball fan we said you're a knicks fan we'll get into that a little bit later but like are you into hockey or football at all uh i'm a giants fan not like a diehard yeah. but i am a giants fan um i i watch them when you know when i get the chance but more just baseball and uh basketball hockey when i was younger i used to watch a little bit of it i went to a couple of devils games but primarily baseball basketball and then football in that order i'd say gotcha that makes sense so what do you what do you think you know going back to baseball a little bit you know with this whole coronavirus and everything i feel like we've seen so many different you know potential situations 80 game season them being quarantined in arizona or florida what what do you think i mean if you were the commissioner what would you say you think is probably the best thing to do for baseball yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm hearing about this. Um, what is it, Arizona? They're talking about, and um, I think you know if they can make it work, then go ahead. But I feel like it's no matter what at this point, nothing is going. to, You know, we're not going to get that conventional baseball season. So it's at this point, it's either going to be very very beneficial to the game, whereas you know you'll have a Yankees game on and no other sports are on, so maybe you'll get more fans watching. But on the flip side, it could also be very, you know, <laughs> kind of reckless, you know, since this is a serious uh, virus going around and, you know, you, you want to risk, you don't want to take that risk. Uh, so I'm kind of half and half on whatever proposal they're trying to do here. I'm not necessarily sure how it's going to work out, but I don't know. I'm just going to sit back and see what happens. Yeah, I'm with you. I feel like that's the thing with it. It's kind of like there's a part of me. It's like, obviously, we have to make sure the general population is good, but also it kind of sucks. Like part of it is they'd be quarantined away from their families. And like, while I love the Yankees, I love baseball more than anything. I do kind of think it's a little fucked up. Like when you think about it, it's like, you're going to keep these players away from their families for four months. Like, listen, we all love baseball, but I think it's like, everything has to be good in the greater sense for like baseball to happen. Definitely, man. I agree. Uh, Rob Carbone, let me ask you a personal question. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite food? Oh shit. You you put me on the spot here. Um I said it was a personal question. I know. Uh shit. Take your time. Pizza's it's easy. It's quarantine. Nothing's going on. Pizza. We'll go pizza, but also Sunday dinner where we have the macaroni. Okay. Pasta. Yes. Okay. Is it I sauce like it. or gravy? 
Oh, it's sauce. Nice. That's the way <laughs> I grew up. Yeah, they, people say gravy. I'm thinking like brown shit. Right. You know, savory. Not not tomato. Right. It, you know, that could be a big miscommunication. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another question. Uh, also personal. MVPO five. Can you speak on that? Because you often like and comment on the MVP <laughs> stuff that we do, and I feel like that's such a great little cult following. Talk on it. Speak on it, please. I remember playing MVP. I mean, I don't remember a lot, but I loved. The, I had I had it for what was it PlayStation two? Yeah. I remember what was it Manny Ramirez on the cover of it. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I just remember. I remember the soundtrack is kind of just like embedded <laughs> in my head, and it's just, yeah. it was, it's such a nostalgic game, man. And I don't feel like they make them like that anymore. The playability and the replayability on it was just insane. I and I kid you not, we literally still play that to this day. We will set up a PlayStation Two and play that game. the The gameplay was just perfect on it. The pitching, the hitting. It's it's what I feel like real baseball players wanted in a baseball game, and you didn't really get that with the MLB games. You remember those moves? We used to play that, and it was like... Oh, was, yeah. Who is it? Uh, oh, my God. Why can't I it think like of it? It was like Ortiz on the Frank, 06 Frank cover. Frank Catalanato, you know, like or whatever the fuck yeah. his name was. Frank Catalanato. My God. I, you know, I, you want to hear something funny? Bad. Funny thing is I really haven't played another baseball game since then. Yeah, I was thinking about buying... Uh, what is everyone, is everyone playing? playing? The show? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's all right. Yeah, I'm yeah, not going to do it. MVP. That's it. I bought it last year, and I thought it was it was okay. But, I mean, I feel like I'm sure their numbers are up this year, everyone being quarantined. But it's definitely no MVP 05. Listen, I have a question. I have a question uh, for Carbone. I, I apologize. I had to run really quick. But and actually, this was for all of you to chime in on. So, I guess the Yankees have been doing, like, these greatest moments brackets that they've been doing on Twitter, and I've been voting. And But this one I just can't wrap my head around. This one is, I guess – uh, Jeter's final home game versus Matsui's game six. Um, I guess with the event and the um, for the Empire era. And do you believe sixty three percent have Jeter's final home game as a better moment than uh, Matsui's game six win in the '09 World Series? And we were just talking about having won a world like been or won a World Series in ten years. I, I can't believe that. That's ridiculous. I saw that too on Twitter. Um, I'm always gonna go with the playoff. You know the playoff wins. That's that's just how it should be. You know, Jeter's home. Jeter's last game was nice. It was fun. It was you know, awesome. It was awesome. It was very emotional. But come on, it's not really not that not that big of a contest. For real, yeah. dude. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But if think of it, if we didn't win the 09 series, that that would have been Jesus twenty years without a world. It would be twenty oh. years. <laughs> that's fucking horrible. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like. You know, the Jeter one, honestly, I was actually at that game for his final one, but, like, I feel like that's, like, more of a movie script, but at the same time, like, for the better moment, like, Matsui single-handedly won you that game. I think they, the Yankees scored seven runs. He drove in six of them. I mean, how can you go against that performance? I feel like the Jeter moment was, like, the one personal thing of his. Like, Jeter's known for the winning, but I feel like that's the thing. Like, you have to go with Matsui on that. Well, that's just it, man. Do you want to go with nostalgia? Do you want to go with Cinderella story? Or do you want to go with meat and potatoes? Okay? You know Poop's a meat and potatoes guy. That's that's big win. It's a World Series. I agree oh, yeah. with you. I agree. 100%. That's a ring. 
So, Rob, I feel like there's a lot of people on Yankees Twitter, you know, it seems like certain players just get crapped on all the time. You know, we kind of talked earlier about Gary Sanchez getting the shit in, but then there's guys that seem like untouchable, like Aaron Judge. So I was curious, like, who's someone on the current roster, you know, either between the injuries or whatever, that maybe I'll say someone that, you know, it's kind of like an unpopular opinion. Who's someone that you either dislike or you don't get the hype about on the current Yankees roster? Let's see. Um, I mean, the obvious one will be Giancarlo. I'm obviously not the biggest fan of Stanton. Just, you know, since he's got here, what has he really done to benefit this team, like, tremendously, you know, to live up to that contract? Um, I feel like he's one of those Yankees where he's either loved or hated. And if I'm going to pick a side, I've got to be on the – on the latter side here. I'm not the biggest fan of him. He's just not lived up to the contract. I don't think he's ever going to just because at this age and with his injury history and, you know, from what I've seen so far in the postseason from Giancarlo Stanton, he, he doesn't seem like he's built for this Yankees team. I don't know. I'm not a fan of him. And I really wish there was a way they could find to, you know, find out a way to get his contract out of here, but I'm not so sure that's going to happen. It's just so silly how it works out sometimes. You pay him all that money for nothing, and then you get a guy like DJ LeMayu, who is on such a fucking subpar contract. He should have gotten paid more. He did great in Colorado. I just I don't understand it. Why would you tie up so much money on this guy who likes swinging sledgehammers for fun? Guys, you know, it, it, for him, I feel like it's just it, there's so much show. He's like... um. I don't want to, you know, bash him, but he's just big. And that's really why he's, why he hits he just hits home runs and he's not really a baseball player. You know, he's not your prototypical baseball player like DJ LeMahieu um is. And it just it, it's so weird to see how somebody like him can be paid so much and then you look at DJ, what's he making? Fucking 15 mil? Yeah, I think maybe even less. Yeah, Which it's is- not crazy. There. I almost I want to interview the the Colorado like coaching staff in the the office. Why would you let him go? What was the point of that? Like I I feel like it, he was there at such a uh, uh, you know time when the the hitting was so good there and he contributed to that. They didn't really have pitching, but you could have tweaked it. You could have made a run. Why I mean, just, just just think of the whole Rockies organization in in, in whole. I mean, they haven't been really that solid. I mean, when was the last time they were legitimately a good playoff team? Maybe in 08 when they lost. I mean, they, that's the year they played the Red Sox, right? In the World yeah, Series. 07. Or 07, whatever. Yeah, I mean, they've made the playoffs a few times since, I think, 2017, 2018. They made it too. It, you know, it, it's, it's crazy because, I mean, I don't want to. I don't have to start getting on my tangent about Wilton Die, but I mean, Colorado is just another one of those teams that are just going to be average. Going into the note, I mean, next year, I mean, think about it. I mean, truly, do they have a good, a few great hitters? Yeah, sure. Charlie Blackman and, and, and Arenado, and there's a few other young guys over there, but it's all about the pitching, man. It's all about the pitching. Oh, yeah. Which, uh, Rob, speaking of pitching, Garrett Cole, I want to know what was your reaction when the Yankees signed him that December night? Like, take me through what you were doing. What was your initial thoughts on that? Oh man, I was just honestly just scrolling through my phone on um on Twitter and then I see somebody like 
somebody said, I forget who it was, just some random fan. He's, he goes, you know, Cole to the Yanks. And I'm thinking this is, you know, another one of them bullshit fake. <laughs> and then, and then I look at what's his name? Jeff, uh, Passon is how you pronounce his name, but yeah, uh, I look at him, he's got the tweet. And I'm, I'm listen, I'm happy. I mean, it's obviously when you're paying that much for anybody, it's going to be overpay. But when it's something you need, he was definitely something the Yankees need. Um, so I'm happy for it. I'm all for it. Will we look back at it in you know, nine years from now and say, you know, we paid too much? Maybe. But if we get a couple of rings out of it, I think it's going to be worth it, man. Oh, I'm with you. That's the thing. You know, you win a World Series or two. Look at, you know, you could argue the CC contract, AJ Burnett to share. It's like, you know, some of those towards the end of the deal, I'd say they look bad, but at the same time, they all played a crucial role in 2009. And I think that alone makes it like where you can say, oh, the, the contract wasn't terrible. Now imagine if Garrett Cole comes here, he wins two or three, gets them in the playoffs every year. I think then you have to look at it in kind of the way of it's it's really not bad at all. Right. I agree. It's it's um. He's one of the best pitchers in the game. And honestly, I think he is the best pitcher in the game. A lot of people want to talk to Grom, but I think Cole has the edge here just because of his postseason success. And again, that fits perfectly in the Bronx. I think if the Yankees can get him and Tanaka on top of their games like usual in October, that will be a nice one-two punch to have. Oh, yeah. Talk, wait, wait, talk, Carbone, talk to me about Severino. What What do you feel about that? Like, what did they, did they botch this whole situation from the first time that he got hurt? Like, I feel like this could have been fixed if they just – they just fixed, you know, had him go get the surgery right from the start. That's so bizarre, that thing. You know, I was at the game where he got lit up, you know, 17, what was it, 17 to 1? I was at that fucking game in the bleachers. And um, I think that was really the moment where we, was that the game where he oh, like, yeah, game, forgot what time uh, it was game three shit? of ALDS oh, yeah, against the Red Sox? Yeah, that yes. was. <laughs> really from there, it hasn't been pretty for, for Severino and, I'm not going to sit here and tell the Yankees how to handle their guys, but you know, they didn't handle it correctly. Let's be honest here. And it sucks at this point in his career. What is he going to be next year? 28. So he's, I don't know. He's kind of getting up there. Um, You know, he's hitting his prime now. So it's, it's kind of, if he wants to be looked at as this ACE, he's going to have to eventually prove it consistently and not just have a good year um, or a good first half here and there. True, true, true. Uh, Yesterday was Easter. Okay, I hope you had a happy one. Jose Canseco tweeted out that he wished everyone a happy Easter, except for Alex Rodriguez. All right, and I tweeted to that, do you do Coke the butt way? Just to, you know, give him, give him a, just to give him a little jab. Uh, you know, how do you feel on Alex Rodriguez? I know your friend Evan Wetzel isn't a fan at all. I think the three of us would say we're all A-Rod fans. I um I I saw that tweet too. I thought it was hilarious. But <laughs> I'm big. I like it, man. And maybe it's a personal thing because I think it was when I was younger in like fourth grade. I wrote a letter to him, and I got I got a letter back with a signed picture. So that was pretty wow. cool. Yeah, Who knows if it was his fucking agent or somebody else responding to me? But I did get an autograph back, and um, I've just been a big A Rod fan my whole life. When I was younger, I looked up to him. He was also one of my favorite Yankees, but. Listen, I'm past that whole uh, thing. Um, I oh, think yeah. at this point, he's done a nice job kind of reinventing his career, and he's, you know, he's got a better image now. Um, so I'm not, I don't, I have nothing against A Rod at the moment. I love A Rod. I used to, you know, I used to imitate him in Wiffleball all the time. I don't know what it is. Well, I just, I just, I like the villain. 
I don't know. I think I, I, I kind of attached to that. And all those games against the Red Sox were great because they just did the, because we, they hated A-Rod. We hated Ortiz and Manny going back to that time. It's just that was, I mean, that was some of the best baseball that was ever played for, I mean, of all time. I mean, those games, I can remember going to watch those games and like everybody was watching it. Like it wasn't just, it wasn't just a casual baseball fan. It was everybody was watching Yankees, Red Sox on a Friday, Saturday night because of the people that were involved, like A-Rod and Manny and Ortiz and all that. That's why I just, I don't know. I like them because of that. Definitely, man. That was like that was classic Yankees Red Sox back in the day, and oh, yeah. the whole Veritech, uh, Veritech thing. And I loved actually a couple years ago before he retired, um, when he hit that one. Well, Ryan Dempster hit him, and then he went back at it a couple at bats later and fucking drilled one yes. over the monster. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was that was one of my favorite moments of his later <laughs> career, man. I love that shit. Yeah, I love Girardi that game when he freaked out. He was calling. I think you could see him, him mouth and calling uh, Dempster a pussy, and he's just freaking out on the umpires. Like, I think that's one thing I loved about Girardi more than Boone um, was just how like you really stuck up for the guys like that. I mean, Boone did with the Savages in the back, the box, but I feel like every time I think of A Rod's home run, think of A what an awesome moment against Dempster and Girardi freaking out. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I mean, come on. A Rod, it, it brought just legitimacy to the Yankees. Not even not that. It just brought extra, extra attention over to them. I mean, look, let's be real. Jeter was Jeter. He was just a classic guy. You know, he did everything right. He did all the interviews correct. He said the right things. And A Rod wasn't. A Rod didn't say the right things. A Rod did the steroids. He dated the, the many of different people. Remember all? What was that year? Wasn't it 09 where he was bringing all? Uh, What's her name? I can't think of her name. Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson to the playoff games. I mean, it was just a circus with him. And I just thought it was just, it was great. It was great to be a part of the circus. You know, he was, he was hurt. her and Celine Dion. He was Godfather. <laughs> and Madonna. You know? Yeah. Uh, well, we don't have to talk about Madonna. You know, well, she's not something to brag about. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of circuses, Rob, I want to ask you, as we wrap up, about the Knicks. I feel like that's a whole circus on there, you know, Oh, that's almost like that's got to be great. You're a Yankees fan where let's say they do everything right, but they're usually, you kind of have some faith in them. And then you have the Knicks with Dolan and every year it gets like, I feel like just crazier and crazier with that. So, I mean, what would be your plan to kind of fix the Knicks? If it was, I know that might be a long answer, but like, what would be kind of like, what would you do to just fix everything about the Knicks, not make them the dumpster fire? Well, it starts with James Dolan, man. He's the guy up top, really ruining everything. Um, personally, man, I just think, listen, they don't have the worst talent in terms of the young core. They have a couple of guys you can look at. Um, and, you know, I watch them. Unfortunately, I watch them almost every night. Um, and I've, you know, I've been to a, a bunch of games at the Garden before. So, uh I see it. You know, I see there's there's some potential here, but I think in order to fix them, they really, they're maybe, if they do everything correctly, they're still about three or four years away from being a respectable product. I just think they have to draft the right people, and that's why their GM just got fired a couple months ago is because he was not good at drafting players, and it it starts up top, though, with James Dolan, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a Knicks fan, honestly. I'm a Nets fan, but I'm very, very casual. I don't really hate the Knicks. I've you know, it's to me, they're whatever. I mean, the Nets always are usually dumpster fire too until recently. <laughs> so I'm with you. What, uh, 
Who's your favorite Nick of all time? Um, so funnily enough, I was actually when I was younger, I was more of a casual Knicks fan, so I wasn't a Knicks fan from the start. My dad, my father, actually took me to a bunch of Nets Nets games. So, you know, I was I was I became a Knicks fan in like 2012, 2013, really. That's when I started uh, watching religiously, and it was. Carmelo Anthony really got me into them. Um, I know he's a very controversial player here, but I liked Melo. He got me into the game, and that's probably one of my favorite Knicks. So I'll stick with him, despite him not being the biggest winner. That's, like, almost perfect. We talked about A-Rod. I feel like Melo, when it comes to Knicks fans, like, it's always either I feel like there's a group that love him, you know, like you said, favorite player, and then there's a group that really dislike him or, you know, thinks that he didn't bring enough to the – you know, to New York, didn't win a championship, and it was a failure. But I think that's interesting. Yeah, it was like it was. You know, in New York, it was it was Odell Beckham. That was that was their controversial guy for the Yankees. It was A Rod, and I guess for the Knicks, it was Melo. Those kind of three players. You know, I kind of compare them in that aspect. Carbone, how is how is R J Barrett working out for the Knicks? I haven't really paid attention to basketball this year, but I was paying attention to that draft. Obviously, they missed out on Zion, but what? How is he working out? I personally, man, I thought he did pretty good. Um, I don't know. You know he's he dropped 15 points, uh, average about five rebounds, and I think that's pretty good for a 19 year old kid. And that's what people have to remember. He's a fucking teenager out there. Um, I know patience in New York isn't isn't <laughs> something everybody wants to hear, but when it comes to R.J. Barrett, I thought he did pretty good playing in the spotlight. You know, underneath the spotlight, rather of somebody like Zion and and even John Morant. I thought he's. He's going to have a good career, but obviously he needs to address a few things. That's a good, that was a pretty good analysis. I'm not a big basketball guy, but I'm just saying I like to watch the draft. I was hoping for Zion, but hey, a 19-year-old guy, a 19-year-old kid, you got to have some patience. For sure, man, for sure. All right. Well, it's about that time. Poot's getting hungry. He hasn't had his carbs yet. Poot needs his carbs. Rob, thanks for uh, coming on, doing the interview with us. People, you need to follow him on Twitter. Rob Carbone, BD4. No better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Get it from Rob Carbone. We are out. Out of time. Bye bye. That's how I learn things. You guys are such dick monks. I don't know. Moose gonna Moose gonna tell me that my my idea was stupid. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. Rot Row Scooby.